0: The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
1: This is it, we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw.
0: Tom, we got a big start today. This one's going to be a good one. We have someone who was probably part of the worst trade in Ranger history. We have a guy who left the Rangers, went up to Boston, tore it up, went by the name of Nifty, Rick Middleton. I hate him.
2: Uh, You know, he's one of those guys I I just hate because we played against him. It's like, the, you think he's lucky all the time. muck the is bouncing around. And he goes around me all the time. And I think he's done yeah, 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 yeah. around me a hundred times. I realize, but he's not so lucky. <laughs> yeah, lucky he forward he to time. easy. I only went around Greshy. There you go.
3: There you go. How are you doing there, bud? Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks for inviting me out. Yeah.
2: So Rick and I have never played together, but we played the lot of games uh, against each other, I guess they call it, but they're a lot of fun. Yeah, you built a great reputation. Uh, so when I got here, you know, all the guys like the Greshner and Duguay all said fantastic. It's about you, Unfortunately, you're all true, too. Well, I, you know,
3: as you know, Gresh and I, I was already in New York when he came up. Right. He came up in November. So basically, we started together in New York. And, uh, and as the story goes, it was the mid-70s. We had a lot of fun. And uh, I guess they didn't, I was having more fun than him because they kept him. <laughs> you're a bad influence.
2: What's this, wasn't that the story? was that the story that you're a bad influence on Gresh?
3: Well, actually, if you want to know the truth, they, they traded... Derek was uh, on the team our rookie year. Oh. Derek, uh, got Derek, Sanderson. Yeah. Lewis, Derek Sanderson. Derek Sanderson. He got traded to St. Louis the next year, and a couple of weeks after he was gone, they wrote an article in the paper that he was the reason uh, he got traded because he was getting two of the younger players a training problems. <laughs> <laughs> they, actually, they actually wrote our name for the paper. I'm like... That's not good. Right. So I didn't say anything right away. And, and some reporter asked me a couple of weeks later, and I didn't say anything inflammatory. Not my style. But next day in New York Post, inch high headlines, Middleton takes
2: shot at Boss. Wow. We are... Oh, weary. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I looked in the post. So um, that was the beginning of the end. We played that alumni game we had back-to-back. We played up in Boston the first yeah. night, um, and we had a dinner the night before. And what did you do to Grash? Did you, like— uh, I don't think he had had a drink in a couple of months. Uh, <laughs> I always had to take care of him anyway. Claude took care of him. Oh God. He came down for breakfast the next day. my God. He,
3: when he wasn't playing, it
2: was only coaching. Right. right. Oh, totally. That is a, and he was having a hard time coaching as well. <laughs> right. you know, he only got the win anyway. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That was, that was a lot of fun that weekend. So we had a dinner the night before the charity was the uh, Navy Shield Foundation, right? Or, yeah. 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 So warrior, warrior, like, warrior foundation. Right. Yeah, that's right. So I'm thinking of all that. So some Navy SEALs with all the uniforms on and everything. I was like a little kid. Well, oh yeah, we we played them this year
3: um, on December third. Last year they beat us. Oh. and this year we added Chara and Kevin oh. Miller to the lineup and McQuaid oh. and Bork.
0: What a what a defensive
3: lineup for a full and we just barely beat them. Oh,
0: that's Wait, funny. you guys played against a team of Navy SEALs? Yeah. right. Oh, wow. Yeah, and some current guys came up too.
3: Frank Simonetti, our new uh, president, has, has been friendly for years with them. Right.
2: And will really, really have a great relationship with the warrior So we were up in Boston to stand there for the national anthem of the one Navy SEAL who I got to be buddies with the night before. You know, I'd heard a lot of stories about the battles he was in and everything. Right. And he's standing there for the national anthem. He goes, Tom, I'm really nervous. I'm thinking, you're nervous? Oh, <laughs> nervous about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm looking at him like, I wouldn't even dare to do what he does. Where did you grow up? Where's all? I'm Toronto boy, uh, East End Scarborough. Right. Now, were you a pretty good player right away when you first started playing?
3: (laughs) No, I used to wear ankle supports in my skates, these rubber things. Right, yeah, yeah. I got to Bantam, minor Bantam, Bantam, when I was 13. I got a new coach, Frank Miller. And uh, Frank said, throw those things away. They're not working anyway. And he was a power skating nut. And in the spawn of about three years from 13 to 16, he changed my skating around so much I ended up getting drafted in by Oshawa. I got six full scholarship offers so what? We're, we're on. Where are on these scholarship offers? What schools? And, uh, the three main ones were BU, which is funny because I, I never ended up going, and uh, Michigan Tech, Michigan U. I can't remember the other three. Well,
0: wow. not Northern Michigan because Tom went there. No, I thought it might have been. I I don't remember. They weren't even around there. That's the, we call that the
2: Har- we call that the Harvard of the Midwest uh, out there's my. Well, I up. up going to Oshawa I'm scared, because yeah. I wasn't the best too. Oh yeah, I'm saying here. Brown came and recruited me too, and I sent in my grades. The the Brown coach, I can't remember his name now, was a really nice guy. Yeah. Calls me up and goes, "Tom, uh, we'd love to have me on the team." But there's just not much we can do with those grades. <laughs> you might have to go to school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's where Northern Michigan took me. Well, Oshawa was only half an hour from my house in Toronto, so I
3: lived at home during junior, which as you know, yeah. it, you usually got to move out. Yeah, I kept the sixty bucks a week. There you go. Who's who was coaching on that squad? Uh, that Gus bodner Okay, Gus wow. played for the Blackhawks
2: uh, for many years. Uh, right, old time hockey. Right, and how'd you do? You probably lit it up. You get like a few six goal seasons. Uh, not
3: the first year, but my I only played two years. I played a year of B in Toronto because I wasn't the biggest biggest guy. Right, you know when when you're in Toronto, you're watching the Marlboros every Sunday the Hamilton Red Wings. They're on TV, that was big. Yeah.
2: That's right, yeah.
3: I'm not ready for this show yet. So I played a year B in Toronto, and I played two years at A. And my last
0: year was my best year ever. I ended up with the most goals in the league. Yeah, yeah, 67 <laughs> goals in 62 games. Not bad. Wow.
3: Yeah, which wasn't a record. <laughs> oh, was it
0: wasn't?
3: Wow. Oh, no, no. I scored a lot more than that. But... Right. It was It was the most that year, so that propelled me into the first-round territory. And the Rangers took me 14th. As you know, it's a great throw. Yeah. But did, you go, did you go to the draft when you drafted? Yeah, it's in Montreal. In those days, they were all in Montreal. Yeah. Not televised. Yeah. Like Bob Daly went the same year. Um, right. Peter Marin. Right. So, what year was that? Was that 50? Yeah. yeah. 50. Oh, 50. Wow. I'm sorry. 73. Yeah. And if you remember, the Bruins beat the Rangers in the, for the Cup in 72. Right. So, when I went to camp. The Rangers still had a pretty good Stanley Cup caliber
2: team. Right. So you went. So the year you were drafted, the next year you went to camp with the Rangers. You made the team that year. No, no, they sent me to Providence. They're team. Providence Reds,
3: um, which you know, I didn't, I didn't take it negatively at all. I mean, this was a Stanley Cup contender team, and uh, and I, I've always been ready to. You know, I played a year of B before I played A. I was always sure. ready to. Uh, when I felt I was ready, right. they kept me in Providence the whole year, which helped me win Rookie of the Year that year. Uh, I had a pretty good year. I don't know how many points. But, um, 84.
2: 84, not bad. We went to the finals against the Hershey Bears, and we lost in
3: five. Cal- Calder Cup. Yeah.
2: See, I think that's smart of you, right? There's so many people that players to rush to get to the national hockey instead of taking your time maturing. and.
3: Well, I would have loved to stay, but I, you know, I, I remember trying to go down uh, one-on-one, you know, my game. Yeah, yeah. This? Jill Murat. Yeah, and I, I'm giving him the deke and everything, and I go around, and he just sticks his arm out like that. I'm going anywhere.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so that's funny.
3: This is a little different league. Yeah. Where was uh training camp? Oh, Long Beach? Is that where the guys actual... uh, No, I was in um, Kitchener, Ontario. Oh, oh. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Rangers still uh, had it in Canada. Yeah. So, it's only an hour from my house.
2: Very cool. So,
3: you didn't leave home at all, hardly. Just...
2: No, no. this <laughs> came to you?
3: When well, I drafted, I bought a new car. For, I had a 64 Merc during junior. You remember how it was with your first right. call. Oh, yeah. Oh, a whole yeah. new car, a 73 Pontiac Grand Dam 404 barrel. And got in the car, left for the States, and really never went back, just to visit. Right. Is your family still up there? Uh, oh. My sister and, and nephew and my, his kids, but uh, no, I'm on the batter
0: Rick, who gave you the nickname Nifty?
3: Uh, Jerry Chevers takes credit for it. So, you know, I'll give it to him. Uh, I honestly don't know. It's just kind of, you know, how nicknames are. I had a few in New York, but they never followed me. <laughs> well, well, what were they? What were they? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, do it to us. Come on. i, tell us I seen so many, like Derek used to call me, uh, Rocket. I think he still does today. Oh, it's all right. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I can't tell you the one because <laughs> I was, I was nicknamed after a, a stripper. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I've
2: ever heard that before.
3: If I remember correctly, we were all in, in this establishment in Long Island somewhere, and the stripper came down and uh, heard her stage name was Silky. Oh, so okay. Gresh Greshall attested us because he still calls us. Right, that's well, funny. He, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, Stomkowski started calling for Silky. Right, oh, okay, He's even with what, the- what, she took a little shine to you is this. Well, it wasn't a she, it turned out to be. Oh, that's-, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's classic. From my memory, and I'm not really sure. Maybe my memory
2: is gone. It's alive. It's- that's funny. That's laugh. So you didn't know obviously know at at, at at first that she was not a she. Not at first, no. And and had
3: the long stringy blonde hair like I did down to the shoulder. Oh, that's funny. Stemmer picked up on.
2: Pete Stemkowski. Oh, that's funny. That's a classic story.
3: Right yeah, I got it. It was. I was, I only was there two years, so a lot of these stories never came
2: out. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's
0: fantastic. So you got your first nickname with in the NHL from the Rangers after a transvestite stripper.
2: There you go. Yeah.
0: All right. It <laughs>
2: made me a little boy. I
0: think
2: that's the first I've ever heard of that. That's, I've never heard that. Story. That's excellent. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Greg Grass was probably there, so he, uh he could probably attempt Oh, it. that's funny. Yeah, if he can remember it out. Like, he'll, will probably embellish a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so, uh, how did you do uh, scoring wise when you were in New York?
3: First year wasn't bad. I think the so thirty some odd goals, but um, I had eight. Uh, no, twenty two goals. I had eighteen by Christmas. I was doing pretty well for the rookie of the year, and then I got sick in the mouth, last of my first fourteen. Um, and the Rangers took me on the road. They put this football helmet on me with a with a guard. I looked like Fran Tarkenton. Oh, uh-huh. um, <laughs> you know, you know, like hit me here, right? Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. Yeah. I go on the road and we're in, um, we go to Chicago, we go to St. Louis, and then we're in Minnesota like a week later. I really have an Ethan Wall because I had 16 stitches in my mouth was all right. uh And somebody, um, I think it was uh, Dennis Hextall, came but hit me in the corner. And I went to slide the check. I went over on my own ankle and a hairline fracture. Oh, wow. Uh, it was a bad week. <laughs> yeah. So i get it. At 18, by then, I ended up with 20. I came back and I got four more. Is that the same week you uh, met Sookie, though? A what? Is that the same week you I, met Sookie? I can't remember if it was before or after, but it certainly wasn't the same
2: week. Imagine that week you break your ankle, lose I, anything I, to beat a transvestite I, surfer. I wouldn't remember <laughs> really <bad. laughs> yeah, solid week. Uh, good. So the next season, how that goal?
3: Uh, well, the next season was the Rangers in transition. They traded Derek. They uh, traded the big trade with... Uh, Brad Park and John Rattel to Boston for Espo and Vadnay, and then um, then they fired the, the cat. And they brought in Ron Stewart as the coach, the second coach that year. Uh, right around then was when that article came out with Derek being traded, and then John Ferguson came in as the third coach that year. Wow, we were going to straighten it out, have a meeting with the owner, and this and that. That never happened. It was the only year in my career I missed the playoff. Uh, the team just didn't gel. We had you know. Good talent, good names on the team. I, I got the honor of playing with Phil Esposito that year. Okay. Uh, but we just didn't, Joe. J.D.'s first year with the team, I think, uh, in net. Uh, Don Davidson, um, we missed the playoffs. And then they just, I think as as I found out when I went to Boston, what, that school kept pounding Fergie for, to get one of his old
0: wing. Yeah, Ken Hodge, right? And
3: get rid of Middleton. It was, I'm not one of my old wingers, and they, I guess, soured on me, obviously. Right. And, uh, and the Bruins had, John Cherry had soured on Kenny Hodge at the time. So that's why they made the prairie. But I said a lot of people don't remember the connection here with, with John Ferguson and Harry Sin, right. right? 1972, series of the century. They were both the coaches.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then
3: Bill. So, so was, that's Canada versus Russia, right? Um, Following Fergie and Harry, right. so with, the, with the three of them knowing each other so well, I think that's how uh, a lot of that came about,
2: right. which was great for me. So you never got a chance to tell ownership in New York that you did not say that in the, in the article? No, no. I never met with Bill Jennings, uh, I think
3: was the owner of that time. Right. I never said anything about him. I said I couldn't believe how a well-educated man like him to believe in such gossip. It wasn't true. I mean, Chris and I were 20 years old, 21 years old. But we didn't need Derek to take us somewhere. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was before Studio 54. We used to go to a little place on First Avenue called the Tiddlefell.
2: Oh, uh tittle.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's when the Giants would play Sunday afternoon, and we'd play Sunday night. So it'd just be all jock. And then we had to be back in, we had to be back in Long Beach, Monday morning, 10.30 on the ice. Oh, wow.
2: So you never went home, probably. This just went right to the top. I know I tell everybody like, you know, we were probably the same way. So Friday nights, we always travel someplace like Montreal, play the, you know, go out in Montreal, have some fun, play the game Saturday night, have a few beers on the plane home, play and Sunday night. We played at home. We could good, good mood. Here, the, I, was, the, I know the coaches are always like, geez, why can't, why can't we play so well on Sunday nights? Well, well, so it wasn't our fault. I mean, we flew commercial in those days. That's, and that's right. Wolver. I know. It have been early and stay off, it? Oh, I know. It, 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 I thought it was a blast. We flew commercial. I We had a great time. Like, you know, all the rest. Because, yeah. Was, well, was, the planes were half full. In yep. Yeah. You yeah. could lie out, right? With yeah. your own bed. Oh, God. Yeah. Very easy. To... It went pretty easy. No no security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. So the stuff we did, you know, like getting on the carousel, you know, the baggage claim and all. You get there 10 minutes before the flight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. That was, yeah. that was fun. i tell you, the traveling uh, part, that was fun. I had a blast traveling. That was one of the best of the guys all together. No, no,
0: you're younger, didn't you bother? Yeah, definitely. So, Rick, when you get get traded, is that a big shock to you? I know know you had their falling out a little bit with management, but are you still taken back when you get shipped Um, to Boston?
3: Yeah, uh, the only thing that that made me think, you know, maybe it might happen, I picked some buddies up after we were out of the playoff. Um, They came down from Toronto. And as soon as I picked them up at the airport, they said, uh, hey, uh, here you're getting traded to Boston for Hodge. And I had never heard the rumor in New York, but, you know, Toronto, is a hotbed. And I, I said, ah, it's just a rumor. You know, that was probably about two weeks before it happened. So I, I had had the napling from that, but, uh, and, you know, nobody wants to get traded. I When I got drafted by the Rangers, I loved, I mean, one of the original sixteen, being a Toronto boy, I followed the six teams growing up. I had all the hockey cards. To be a New York Ranger, I was very proud. I had vision of a Stanley Cup team in 72, Having maybe a chance at, at the Cup, when well, it didn't happen that way. Um, but then I started thinking, well, Boston. Let's see, Brad Park and Bobby Orr on the fifth. That like, yeah, oh, yeah, might, you know. So I, I I started changing my my sights to that. Then,
2: Unfortunately,
3: when I got to Boston that year, Bobby was gone.
2: Oh, he was wasn't he? Okay. i, I, he yeah. I was just gonna ask it because I know for me it was a thrill to play with Gretzky out in L.A. when he got traded there. Oh, so yeah. I was like, Yeah. So for. I, 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 Super Bobby Orr would have been the same way. Just to be oh no, yeah,
3: uh, he was he was on the team in May when I got traded, and he was gone by September. I think, wow,
2: Alan Eagles. Oh, that's right too. Oh God, yeah, that was a mess. So, so you've got to know Bobby pretty good, though, all the alumni stuff. Right?
3: Oh yeah, he's uh, you know, he's not part of the alumni, but anytime the alumni ever needed anything, as far as the uh,
2: items to be signed, you know, for for auctions, for charity events, uh, or whatever, he was always there. So I barely know him, but I was in the agent business and obviously he's in the agent business as well. There's a couple, a couple of times I had called him and he was fantastic because I really didn't know him. I, just the fact that I was a former player, but you know, it was Bobby Orr, for God's sake. Just,
3: like, oh, he'll, well, he'll do anything for
2: anyone. Yeah. As long as he just has the watch very careful, nobody's trying to use the stuff. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you're looking out for Bobby Orr, he'll take care of you. He knows who you are. Yeah, definitely. So how many years were you in Boston then? 12. Uh, mm-hmm. 76 to
3: 88. My life right. where uh, Harry Sendon bought me out of my option year, I was 12 points from a thousand. So I had climbs. In fact, there is. Well, so I ended up going too. to Switzerland. We had a verbal deal that I would skate, stay in shape, and come back because they always end early over there. Right. So a lot of people don't know. I went over to Switzerland in November of '88. Uh, uh, an agent friend of mine who found me a job on the last place team in the B league. Oh, sorry. For <laughs> seven goals against the game. I was saying I can't score eight. I'm 35 years old. Come on. <laughs> so, but I did, uh, I played on the big rinks over there. I was so far out of shape. I was tired, but, uh, oh, sorry. I, I played in a little town, North of Zurich. And I came back, we were out of the playoffs, January six. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I <my father laughs> came home January. So, did you play with the Brewers when you got home? No, I never. I, I was so hockeyed out by it. No. I was so disgruntled. Uh, they did call me. wanted me to go to Maine for a week, get my leg. Right. I, think I hadn't called them in a couple of weeks. Right. But they did call me, and I said, no, if you got to retire sometime, you got to get on with your life. And I, I, yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. Right, did you get along with Harry? I know he, he
2: bought you that like, contract. Did you go Harry yeah,
3: Pretty much. Uh, you know, I was thankful for bringing me to Boston. Um, we had a... We had a, maybe a little conflict over a contract once, and then, uh, but the way it ended, it was five minutes in his office, up to twelve years and twelve points for the thousand, that sort of deal. Yeah, uh, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't looking for him to give me I mean, just maybe just put me the next year. Let me play one more year. I don't know. He had to pay me two thirds, as you know, when you, uh, buyout in buyout, old years. He had to pay you two thirds of the contract. Come on, it's to save one third.
2: I almost felt like to Harry, like he wanted to build that reputation, right? Like, you know, I'm Harry and I'm going to be that hard guy. Well, he was always very frugal, uh, right. with, with the
3: dollars, uh, and even long after me, really right up until the way I looked at it, till the lockout in '05, the Bruins never spent it. Yeah. And then after, after they, they got this, the salary cap, They sped right to the top and they right. got in charge and they ended up winning it. Wow.
2: Right. All those years now like ray, ray bork i've got a ton of respect for but he took a lot of heat from the players association because he didn't really it, it appeared he didn't really fight for as much money as he could have got well he yeah. went to arbitration and he lost oh i didn't know that well but, but yeah he went to arbitration and he lost they they said
3: he was the best defense defenseman in the league it should be paid but not one of the best players in the league uh-huh. something like that and then and to me and ray still stayed. And was loyal to the Bruins yeah. all those years, right until he, he finally asked to be traded. And then then he asked to go to Philadelphia because he thought Philly had a shot at the Cup in those days. In fact, we're at 2000. And Harry agreed to it. Ended up training him to Colorado because he got a better deal. Oh, is that right? Well, ironically, he ended up winning the Cup in two years to Colorado. Philly never won it. So, you know, was
2: I didn't. I didn't know that stuff about Ray. Wow, I just thought.
3: Yeah, I didn't. He, you know, he probably should have left when he when they they beat him up on the arbitration. Yeah, no kidding. So a lot of other guys would
2: have. He was yeah. loyal to the right, so, right to the end. Uh, right, and you got to admire for that, right? That I think that was part of the value of Ray Bork, not just oh, absolutely great player help. Yeah, no. great teammate.
3: You know, great guy. Plays on the alumni from time to time. Yeah, when we went up to Boston,
2: he played in the game. And oh you know,
3: uh, yeah, he'll, he'll he'll play in the big there Yeah, totally. Yeah.
2: We actually Darius Cap Kasparitis and I were on the ice at the same time and he that Ray came down on us one on two and we realized oh we got to let Ray go through. I mean, he nah. may be he may be us anyways, but we let him go through. And we had Steve Valacet was in that. Uh, he he just wouldn't let anybody score. <laughs> all lost, lost, lost. It's great work. We're busted. Let him score. Oh, go on well, sales. We we let other teams score, right? But not 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 the yeah. Burlins or the Rangers. Uh, not when you're playing uh our alumni uh it's so funny. Like we play these alumni games, and Doogie still, th- Rod Doogie still thinks he can play play an astronaut.
3: I play with Doogie yeah. so the Maritimes quite a bit.
2: Okay. Oh, is that right, yeah Oh my like god! Score. Oh, I know. We play those games. Uh, I tell the guys on our team, I said, if we do nothing else today, we cannot let Rod Doogie score a goal right now. <laughs> so, yeah. He's getting mad. He's taking slap shots because then you go out of two, then it three. <laughs> right. definitely. So when it came to end, that uh, we, we were you comfortable that it was over? I guess you still want to get those twelve points, right? But.
3: Well, no, I wasn't comfortable, but I had uh, in my mind I had decided to move on with my life. I was thirty-five years old, sure. and you know, I would have liked one more year, but I didn't have it. I my I didn't have an agent in those days because I had Eagleson my first eight years, oh, and right. I, I dropped them in the early '80s, and I just did my own contract. But I had a I had a uh, lawyer friend of mine Colorado, around to a few teams. And when the trial Maple Leaf says that we're not moving in that direction, I, I knew I lost oh, to going the fuck right, with
0: yeah. anybody. And then they traded Kortenahl for quarter, Korten, So I know. <laughs> oh, is that right? Oh, wow. It's also your last year, right? You guys lost the cup to uh, to the Oilers. And to Edmonton, yeah. They got close.
3: That was a thrill. It was actually the first time we beat Montreal in a playoff series. Uh, the right. beat them in 45 a year. That's right, yeah. And since then, it's really changed the tables over. Uh-huh. So that was, I was pretty proud of that because I was the only guy left on the team from the 70s teams that lost the Cubs. Uh, Terry O'Reilly was coach, and I was still playing, but we were only two guys who were left from those seventy team. That was also the, the – they had the power outage in that series, right? Well, yeah, yeah. The fourth game, we we were up 3-2. I think it was the only lead we had the series. Right. And they had just tied it, and boom, the life went up. And right. we had to go back to Hamilton. I mean, the odds of us
1: coming back were pretty slim, that yeah, anyway. Um and we lost the fourth game of that. Right. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen.
2: Indeed.com/slash/match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I always viewed the Boston Bruins like as a real like a team-first kind of thing. Like they built that culture there, and it's still there today. It seems like that's it's all about team, right?
3: Yeah, they're, they're very, um, you know, what they what they have done. Well, they lost it a little bit in the 2000s, but when I came in, they still had Cheevers, Cash, Musick. You know, the carryovers from the Cup year. And then they, they, they bring up the little, the young guys and really make you feel what it's supposed to be like, to your O'Bruitt, and not your teammate down and all that stuff. And that carried over for many, many years, right, uh, right, right through with Ray and, and Cam. And, and then after that, in the 2000s, I think they lost a, a bit of it. They had right. they rental player. You know, they, 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 they went on the cheap a little bit, and they never continued that. And then until they really we got bergeron coming in as a new player Chara as a leader,
2: and then they built it again but they lost sitting in the now right uh so did you think you got more of that team atmosphere when you left new york i don't want to criticize the rangers but when you went to boston Bruins, you think that increased in your mind like you that you saw a different uh, kind of way to play the game
3: um maybe a little bit all i think was that the bruins are the rangers were a team in transition that yeah. You know, they had, yeah, they had a, they had a pretty tight team when I got there. They that nucleus that they had uh, that went to the Cup final against yeah. Austin had been together for a long time. You know, Roger Barry, Ronald Joe Bradbart, you know, all these Eddie Jockman. I, I, well, I loved well. I love all those guys. I, mean, sure. I grew up watching them. I'm only 22. Right, I grew up and now I'm playing with these guys, and I and I love it. But when the team started transitioning and they got rid of Eddie Jockman with the fans hated.
2: Yeah, no okay. kid.
3: And then Brad and Ratty. And so the nucleus was gone. You know how that is. Al, yeah. they had to rebuild the nucleus, start all over, and you guys
0: did it by 79. Right. You
2: know. Yeah,
0: they bought in a, a defenseman from northern Michigan that turned everything around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, it takes years to do that. Yeah.
3: The Bruins never had that gap. Right. So when I got there, actually, I, I didn't even play it when I got there. I mean, there was and- no opening. Oh, really? Oh, well, no. no I Dodd played me my first game uh, as a Bruin. I got a hat trick against Minnesota. So I think he's thinking, uh where are we going to put him now? Like, huh, yeah. But I sure. only well, we got 20 on the whole year because he just platooned me. You
2: know? Oh, really? I didn't know well, that.
3: Huh? One thing he did for me, he played me a lot of left wing. Right. Especially the next year because Johnny Busick retired. And so I was playing both sides, which really helped game in the long run. Sure. I ended up making the Canada Cup team. 81 because uh grow and barber dot hurt. they needed a left winger they asked me can you play left winger I, said, oh, yeah, I can.
0: absolutely yeah thank yeah absolutely what was the reason i made that well you also had five years in a row of 40 goals so you're selling yourself a little well, short there
3: that, that would come a little later yeah <laughs> but, all right. All right. do you
0: remember your first goal uh there's a what do you remember your first goal in the nhl uh,
3: no, I don't. But I uh, I do remember because I saw the the stats that it was against the Washington Capital in Boston Garden. I got two uh, in uh, Madison Square Gardens I got two that game. But
2: honestly, I don't remember either one of And that was the Washington's first game in the league. Oh, really? Wow. Seven. Well, yeah. well you were, you were there for my first bowl. I I uh, we were in Boston, my first game in the National. Oh, Here we go. And the JDs had that. I'm so nervous. Like, just like you know, your whole life a yeah. dream. And you know you get the uh, Terry O'Reilly and Stan Jonathan, went and all these guys. <laughs> so I was so nervous. I went to shoot the puck around the back of that. It showed up JD's leg right in the net. Ah, that's great. That was my first game in the NHL. I know. Is that right? Oh, they oh. didn't give him the puck for that one. Though. Oh God, I'm saying to JD, can't you stop that? Like, you know, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Come on, you didn't see that. How were you like your first game in the NHL? For me, that was just like an unbelievable feeling, which I could remember. I honestly, really, I honestly don't. It gets lost. Oh. Wow. i love Madison
3: Square gardens even to this day i love going down there I, it's just it's just something i'm so proud that i started my career right um you know and i only remember I, i've always been known i have a pretty bad memory but i only remember
0: the one the boston trick, because i've seen the films of it oh is that right yeah. yeah rick did you take like extra pride in beating the rangers score against the rangers after getting traded
3: I can't say extra pride, but I, I always wanted to prove that they were wrong. Yeah. So, you know, he well, did that, you No, know, especially back in Madison square, because I always loved playing there and I always wanted to have good games and, yeah. and it wasn't like shove it down. the. It wasn't like
2: that, but I, you do want to have good games. So they can't say, ah, you know, he's a bomb. They, they did the, the, you know, I joked around about it when we started the show here, but, but you had that ability where us got like, there was you, there's Mike Bossy. I'm thinking that like, these guys are lucky. Like when you first play against you, it's like they buks, buks, pucks, pucks, all over the place. And I think this guy's lucky. He can't do that again. Well, then you you know, know, like- if, if I had a, a bossy shot, I
3: maybe wouldn't have been having to give it to Duke. But I had to get inside uh, yeah. and, and get three feet from the net before I scored. I didn't have gee shot or, or bossy shot. Wow. I had yeah. developed that knack. To kind of, today, I couldn't play today because the defense would been turn and skate so fast yeah. that when do you ever see a one-on-one, you hardly ever see the fans get beat anymore,
0: but yeah. w- no, Tom, Tom retired. Day. That's yeah. that slowed down a lot.
3: No, but in our day. The back checking wasn't so, so, yeah. so it's optional, right? You could slow the game down. So I like to get the puck around center ice and actually slow it down. If I had, oh, oh yeah, the fast back then too fast. Now you're understanding
2: yeah. that. That was true with you, oh, yeah. uh Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. I I hated playing against you because I think like, oh my God, this guy like he he's gonna do it again. He does it over and over all the time. Well, it didn't always work. It was a percentage, but uh, yeah, I get knocked out many, many times. Well, and that's the thing with you too. I could think, okay, I'm gonna get in the front end. I gotta cross check him in the back and all this kind of stuff. But I do that, but you wouldn't stop. It didn't stop you. You just kept on going, right? Very good. Well,
3: you know, you always got to get back up,
2: right? Yeah, definitely, definitely.
3: Any regrets about your career at all? Uh, any regrets? Yeah, no. Outside of just finish, not finishing it off, right? Like getting those twelve points and, and getting the thousand points, and yeah. you know, finishing it the way I would want to finish it. I think I would, you know, I would. Lo- I love playing for the Rangers. It, it would have been nice to stay there my whole career too. But uh, but when I got to Boston and the life, you know, all my kids are born there. I love doing England and everything. My uh, it was a good place to go for me. I mean, I could have ended up in Winnipeg or uh, nothing to get at Winnipeg, but yeah, or a team that was just building at the time. But I went to a perennial winner. First two years in Boston, Stanley Cup final. That's right. So I went from a team that didn't make the playoffs to two Stanley Cup finals, and a lot, as you know, a lot of guys never even make it to the final. Right. Well, Tom didn't.
2: <laughs> did you make it to the finals? Sir? I, I did. It, yeah, it did roller hockey. Yeah, you know? roller hockey. Yeah. You were there in '79. No, out. I came in '81. So I. '81. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I came in. Uh, so they went to the final '79. Then they made that big trade for Barry Beck, traded five oh, right. guys away. So oh. yeah. But well, we, was, we were one minute away from playing the ring?
3: It
0: in That's right. Yeah. Now yeah. there was that overtime yeah. by the floor, yeah. right?
3: I was. So I scored with four minutes to go in the game. The luck one. All. That's a we I mean, thought we had them, but I was like, here come to New York. Come on. That's right. That would have been fun, right? Oh. Would have yeah. been a blast. And those they had a really good team in those days. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been it would have been a dog fight. Yeah, it would've. Yeah. And that Montreal series, uh, they ended up losing the first game to
0: New York because I think they were so a little tired. Yeah. Of them. Right. And we would have felt the same way. We would have Could you imagine if, if you beat them, Rick, and and the Stanley Cup finals and headline was like Silky gets game wouldn't go out of the trade. <laughs> I can, I could see Stemper
2: putting that headline. Oh my God. That's a class. I got to tell you, that's a classic story. I've never heard of a guy going into a strip yeah, ride. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I haven't told it to many people. Yes. Here. It's our, it's our secret. <laughs> it's our secret right here. Yeah. We won't tell anybody. Definitely. So now the game ends for you and now you got to make a change into something else. What'd you do? when you got done?
3: Well, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I went into the beauty industry and go. people say, well, that's right because you were a real beauty. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, a buddy of mine owned a distributorship. Yeah. And, you know, when you, when you finish your career, I had never really, like a lot of guys, spent a lot of time thinking oh, about what I'm going to do afterwards. Right. I had yeah. a lot to He asked me if I wanted to come to work. C.D. Sullivan was his name. He's fast away now. But, um, and he, and six months after retiring, he gave me an opportunity to learn a business. I said, what? he says, I want you to put out the first catalog in my come I said, but I go about the catalog. But what do I know about distribution? And certainly the community of it, But I ended up putting out a mail order catalog to men's shop, barber shop. Didn't have to travel anymore with mail order. Uh, Never punched a clock. You know, we went. He he was a a sports guy. was golfing in Scotland, skiing in in Beaver Creek, Colorado. You know, so 20 years. I said I'll try it, and I ended up being there 20 years. And he sold. He finally sold the company at 210 to L'Oreal.
2: Oh, wow!
3: Cool uh a great man a great distributorship and i learned a lot about distribution just how to run but you know we were hockey players you don't know a lot about business or or how to how to do things in business and he uh he taught me a lot which helped me
2: after 210 here doing a few things so yeah because you got we you and i were talking at one point you get some other business some other guys too wasn't a, a communications business or something what was it
3: uh, yeah, I was uh, with a buddy of mine who I'm, I'm still in business with. He started a, a texting company. Yes, yes, yes. You get text to um, landline. And you say, why would you want to do that? Well, most businesses still work off of landlines. They don't work Right. Well, uh, but then he ended up selling that business also. And now we're, he's uh, developed another business that uh, MDNO, most people don't know when the MDNO is, but it's like uh, Mitt Mobile, Verizon, all, all these uh, less expensive phone companies. that They're really all uh, run by the three big ones, but it, it's a market that that's less expensive. And uh, he's starting a company and gearing it towards credit. Commitment. So, I'm um, I'm involved with them. Yeah, you always got to keep busy doing something. But uh I love things that are brand new and and. Getting in on the growl floor. Yeah.
2: That is cool. Very cool.
0: Hey, Tom, there's a great event coming up for your buddy and friend of the show, Bernie Nichols, and his foundation. Ooh, yes.
2: Bernie's a good man. Funny man. Yeah, he's yeah. great on our show. He's yeah. got
0: like a three-day event, a charity event, for his foundation in Vegas coming up May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Uh, it's great. It's golf. It's poker. There's an auction. And it's right. just it's just a cool you know, cool hang. So. Right. I'll tell you,
2: just to hang around with Bernie Nichols for three days, that'd be just enough right there. He's a funny man. I love playing with him. Great teammate, loves having fun. His stories, and he's a good practical joker too. He likes to pull and a practical joke. Right up your alley. Oh here. yes, yes.
0: So, so the, the lineup, the celebrity lineup is is incredible. He's got the golf uh, swing doctor Hank Haney. Wow. He's got Marty McSorley, your ex teammate. Right, there you go. He's got Jack Wagner, who was on Melrose Place. I know you don't watch TV, but he's a big actor and golfer. Yeah. Uh, Gary Lehman, 50 goal scorer good. in the NHL. Good. Real good player. Yep. Uh, he's got Damon Allen, Matthew Barnaby, who's going to probably got, mix he's it got, up. Yeah, he's got personality. He does. That'd be fun. Kim Alexis, um, the ex Mrs. Dugay, will yeah, be there. Definitely. Greg Maddox, Hall of Fame baseball pitcher. Oh, nice. Uh, John O'Hurley, who was on Seinfeld. Darren Banks. Wow. Brad May, May Day. Oh. Wow. Mark Rippon, quarterback uh marco Mara pro golfer jim mcmahon who oh, that's was, quite a
2: lineup yeah man. and
0: and jr jeremy roenick
2: wow some good personalities there too with jr and uh matthew barnaby there and bernie there that, Mar- and marty's pretty good too he's pretty funny
0: that yeah. looks like it's going to be a total yeah. riot this, okay. this, this looks like a great time it's in vegas if anybody w- is in the area or wants to go out there there's they still have some openings for some foursomes and you can find information at bernie wow very cool maybe we should go out there and do a show you know what maybe we should do well, for that for next year what's the date again May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Wow, that's fun.
2: Yeah, we'll shoot for next year. that would be
0: better. Lots of meet and yeah. greets, golf, and, and an auction. Looks like a really good time. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. BernieNichols.com. Good
2: job. You're not in
3: the Hall of Fame, correct? No, no. And uh, I, a lot of it, you know, every year that it comes up, people, oh, you should be in the Hall. Yeah. I said, well, I was a plaintiff, uh, at one of five plaintiffs in a class action, Rico, lawsuit against the NHL and all the owner in the early day, oh. and unfortunately, nobody knows about it. This was a class action suit, and like the look on your face, he didn't even know about nope. it. Nope. A lot of lawyers, a couple of lawyers in Chicago decided that Eagleson didn't work alone, and uh, there was a little more of the collusion involved with the Absolutely. owner Absolutely. back in the day. And there were, there were, they wanted to spread out the heat on the class action suit. So they had already had, Brad was already on as one of the sire. Right. And I think it was Duck Smale, uh, Dave Forbes, and Alf Nelson. Alf, really, who you played with. What? And we wanted a fifth guy. And Brad asked me, and I thought about it. I knew I wasn't going to endear myself to the NHL, the owners, but right. I on that. And I did. And what happened was that. Uh, we filed it in Philadelphia federal court, and in those days, in, in the Philadelphia federal court, they would let you go back as far as you could prove uh, uh, that they were guilty. And then they changed the rule in all the federal courts, so the RICO statute said you could only go back five years, oh. and, he, and they got thrown out, uh, the statute of limitations,
2: all the way to the Supreme Court. Wow. Oh. So when Not, you start, when you just... nobody knew, <laughs> right? So when you started the suit, though, there was no limitations on it, and then they changed. Not in Philadelphia court.
3: Gotcha. And we did that because there was two teams in Pennsylvania, Philly. Oh, okay. And and because the rule was, as long as you can show guilt, chain of guilt, you go back as far as you could show it. Right. And of course, they changed the the rules right in the middle of our lawsuit. I wonder how that happened. No oh, kid. I know how that happened. Yeah.
2: No kid is brad brad park's in the hall of fame right oh yeah yeah he was in yeah. already yeah oh okay no, that no. Yeah. right that's a shame though i mean i mean it's so far passing all the owners that they've sold all the teams now too it's not the same ownership
3: well no a lot of them are still there and yeah, flew yeah. I mean,
2: plus
3: plus all the things Eagles they, did they're aware of me and what i did and whether that's the reason or not um i i didn't have numbers that uh, that would make me a cinch to be in i had good numbers but uh, not a set so you could make an argument one way or the other that right. but then you look at some of the other guys that have gotten in you know
2: comparable numbers to me, even this well you look at daniel alfredson just got in right and no disrespect to him he's a good player had a, you a know, good career didn't win any cups or anything like that not that that's a requirement but numbers wise but, you're
0: right almost is i mean yeah a lot of guys you know that's one of the factors. Yeah, and yeah. you know, we we had Brian Prop on as well, and he's I think he's in a similar boat. Yeah, you are. I, he, I, you guys are I'm both Hall of Maple Right? since really too.
2: Bernie Bernie Nichols, same thing, same kind of numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're, yeah, we're, you what, guys should, well, there's no
3: there's no senior category. So I mean, the uh, more guys are coming in every year to be eligible.
2: Yeah, so you're getting farther and farther away. Well, as you know too, you need to have somebody kind of like to rally rally the troops a little bit for you, right? all all, there have been people that put in
3: all oh, right? like. You know, a book like this, sending it to, to them explaining why they brilliant. Wow. I mean, I was lucky enough to coach the U.S. national sled hockey team in 2002. And we won a gold medal also. Uh, I like to add that to my. Record. Yeah, let's talk about that a little That's bit. That's very Cool. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, if we got a couple minutes, it's a. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes. It's Definitely. Yes, please. Uh, I had no idea what sled hockey was. I got a call from a friend of mine who was a disabled skier of the U.S. And he played sled hockey, unbeknownst to me. And what, what happened was their coach quit in the World Championships in 2000. Now they were the host team in Salt Lake City of 2002 in the Paralympics. They ended up a boat. Nice. So he wanted somebody to raise their level of play. So the guy, he called me, he goes, would you be interested? Um, you know, And I didn't, I didn't, I thought I had to answer right away or I might lose a chance. I figured yeah. no one's calling me for the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. And, and even though I didn't know what sled hockey was, it's hockey. I mean, how yeah. hard could it go? Well, I said yes, and I ended up getting the job, to make a long story short. And then the, the whole fun thing of this was they'd never won a game in their history. And we had our selection camp in August 01. I had to pick uh, myself and my assistant coach, Tom Moulton, I had to pick 15 guys. So only 30 guys from all over the country showed up. Right. And um, we were ready to play the tournament in Canada, against Canada and Japan, in September in 911. Oh, so we never went to Canada, and we never ended up playing another team for six months before we went into Salt Lake City. All we had was one camp Thursday to Sunday for six months, and then we went in. And this is a team, it was kind of like Miracle. We had half the team was from the Chicago team. Right. It was the best team in the league. They really didn't have a league, but they played in tournament. Right. And then the rest of the, you know, Dallas, three from Dallas, two from Boston, one from Buffalo. And brought these guys together. Now, the Stoggle guys didn't like everyone, their coach. Well, the coach didn't like me because he thought he should be. Oh, okay. Oh, so we're actually trying to do a movie for the last six years. We're trying to get the script right, and we got neat script writers uh, called Tough Sledding. And we're going to make a movie out of this, and it's a great story. (laughs) If we ended up going to Salt Lake City without ever playing anyone, we won the ball now. Uh, and, th- and the blades are right under your butt when you're skating down. Like, oh, like me, they'd be like a foot apart so they don't fall over. <laughs> but the guys at the Paralympic level, they're like an inch apart. Right. So it's like they're, they're going on one blade. They're like oh, and, man, they, and they beat the crap out of each other too. They hit. And the U.S. team, I'm proud to say, we were the first one. And since then, they won a bronze with three golds in a row. Wow. A gold of Vancouver, gold of Sochi, and a gold in the-
2: That's cool. So they're the winningest team in the world. and we, we were the the spark that lit the fire. Yeah. Well, you were very lucky, obviously, and I was very lucky. The Rangers, too. The Rangers, they, they've they got a sled hockey team, so they had me go practice with them one time, so I got the sled. Right. Yeah, Minus, minus four. You <laughs> were the New York team back in 2002. The, the, they were one of the team. Uh, and you know what? I, I'm sure you'll say the same thing. The, the guys were fantastic, too. Like they're, they're not sitting around crying or complaining. They, they'll tell oh, the stories. No. There's one guy who's telling the story how he uh, – uh, he was motorcycling over this big hill. Didn't realize they excavated there and they cut off half the hill, so he would fly over. And it, I, I, I tell the story because he was telling. He's kind of he was laughing at himself there. Oh, he's paralyzed. Yeah. When he's laughing at himself. Oh, uh, well, well, there are different stories. I didn't yeah. go in there asking them. We had other yeah. fifteen guys who had two train
3: that. Oh, is that right? Wow, jumping train like that from Joe Howard. Wow, um, as a fifteen-year-old hockey player growing up, wow. jumping train. Uh, lost the blade ended up in my calf 10 years later do you know Vic kalisa
2: sounds familiar like i should know that he, date, was, right?
3: he was in the governor's office he, he ran the disability section uh he just okay. he just moved over to walmart but he was a, a player a sweat player from new york for a year right and he he always told me you cut me he tried out for the team at oh, of 0 two he was in nagano in 98 in the world wow,
2: Championship. wow. i thought you might have been wow they, uh, they had, they had me marching, they had a, uh, parade, uh, in the city. So that sled hockey team was marching and, uh, so the are all in the wheelchairs and everything, and I'm walking and I bumped into one of the wheelchairs and i was just being a smart ass kind of like pretending that I was limping yeah. and they, they're like, they're chirping at me in the background. Like, oh, poor Tommy, you know, cause they're, they're, they're paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they were gifted to me. I, at first yeah. I, I didn't realize that they were giving it to me. Then I turned around and looked and they're all dying laughing. Like, yeah. It's just like able bodied hockey, the yeah. jerk and
3: the dressing room, and yeah. And that's that's the one thing that made it easy for me. You know, you didn't see the slits. You didn't see yeah. the disability. Totally. Once you went on the ice, yeah. it was just regular
2: Yeah. So a couple yeah. of penalties
3: are different, but for the most part it
2: Yeah. Yeah. To their credit, there's no sitting around complaining or whining about stuff. they are living their life all, all over. What we're proud of
3: is we just got inducted into the Olympic and Paralympic Hall of Fame last June. at the first Paralympic team to ever be abducted. Oh, congrats. Yeah, thanks. Thank Very you. cool.
2: Very cool. Very cool.
3: And so we have talk- a footnote called Hockey's Hidden God. What, there's a book called that? Hockey's Hidden God. Oh, okay. Yeah. The book uh you can get it on uh Amazon. Uh but you can get a, a discount if you go to my website, nifty 16com Nifty sixteen. Nifty 16? Yeah, Nifty one six, Yeah.
2: Okay. It's That's different in cool. my email. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So now you've, you ran the, alumni, the Bruins alumni for 15 years. Yeah. Right?
3: Right. Yeah, it just turned out, and uh, I was playing as a, as, you know, uh, and then I was working with Nesson doing in between period stuff. Yeah. Right. right around 07, yeah. Bobby Sweeney was the president of the alumni. Right. And they asked him to become the president of the Bruins Foundation. We were uh, just starting off back in 07. We didn't want them to wear two hats, and I was the vice president, so I just moved up and became president. That was the year I left Nestle. And you guys played like a ton of games every year, right? We we played usually thirty games a year oh. on oh. different, uh, all different organizations and such. And we played a win. Uh, we don't play to blow anyone out. And that was that's you know it's not the Highland Globetrotters. It's a, right. it's a competitive, and they're getting younger, and we're getting
2: older. Sure, yeah. well, I know games are getting too competitive. We, we, played, we played the uh, Rangers of the Islander alumni about two weeks ago. They thought they thought it was game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals for God's sake. <laughs> Both me. Minus six. I was, no, I was definitely minus six. Five. <laughs> oh, I, I We lost eight to seven. I think I was probably minus 20. I don't know how I did that, <laughs> man. I don't know how I did that. No, that's <laughs> not fun to play the other Yeah. One. It is fun, yeah. I, I think they realized they had some younger guys, and they had like guys like Pierre Turgeon and Skate. He wanted yeah so they, they was, i think they realized okay we gotta back off here a little bit i think i think you're up like eight to one and we find they let us yeah. score some goals so.
3: that happened to us we played down here the tampa
2: alumni years ago oh yeah in their building yeah you know. oh wow well. uh, yeah they let up on oh. i mean you know it's funny when you're playing those games it doesn't really matter i mean you, you the competitive spirit gets going a little bit and you want to win but at the same time you're like oh right. it doesn't really
3: well you do sense.
2: well you just want them they'd be respectable yeah you know when well. you're playing a younger team you don't want to go yeah, unless Mike Keenan's coaching you. God. Yeah, yeah. We we played outdoor alumni game when the Rangers played the Flyers uh, by ten years ago or whatever, and we had like forty five thousand people at the game, yeah. the alumni game. And Keenan was coaching, and there was a ton of guys. We probably had like thirty guys dressed on the bench, and I'd played a lot. So went in, in between the second third period. Period. I went to Keenan, and uh, I tried. I Mike uh, Mike Richter is standing right there, and I just I said to him, "Listen, I don't have to play a whole lot. I played all, already." And he he said something to me I "Be like, careful with my language." Here, but he said something like, "I'll play whoever the heck I want to play." I don't know him, so I I yeah. can't attest to that. Rock knows him, man, he says he's changed a lot. I guess maybe he's out of the coaching game, so he's like that anymore. But yeah, he's
3: well. You know, it's like when uh, <clears throat> you get a persona, you have to you have yeah. to keep that persona up, really, totally. even if it isn't really you.
0: Yeah. So exactly. you'll always be silky, then, right, Rick?
2: Well, no, I got no. I left New York, and that never <laughs> followed left that name there and we, and we won't tell and we won't tell anybody else then
3: yeah I'll well, leave we my name. we told you
2: guys. yeah no, it stays right here it stays right here
3: it's such a funny story and what do you have at the end of the day if you don't have the story?
2: yeah jerk very jerk oh the stories are fantastic Like it's funny I'll I'll see some old like the Dave soap Him and in were our uh with the Rangers Sophie plays for loud uh, yeah. So it's funny like we we tell some old stories and i I have to say to i said sookie did that really happen like that he said oh yeah it did listen you have built a fantastic reputation for yourself obviously as a player and as a person Uh, everybody i ever talked to just thinks the world of you so thank you very much for being on our show well it's Uh, my pleasure tom and and tom and tom and thanks for having me on thanks right i
3: always enjoyed talking
2: yeah telling a few stories and and busting on grass, whatever. Right, right. Yeah, Dolly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we gotta do more of that. Make sure you have another show. We have a whole bunch of guys just busting on grass. Yeah, One. we'll do that. So, All right, cool. Great, great to see you again, there, Soki. Thanks, Rick. I thought, there you go. I knew that There you go, <laughs> there you go <laughs> brother. Thanks, Tom. thanks, Rick.
0: Wow, Rick Middleton. So I never knew he was on the Rangers growing up. And when I watched them play the Bruins, I always thought the Rangers got rid of this guy. I mean, he was so good. He all
2: those guys that you played against him to us. Like, you know, we talked about the show there. They always tell him he was lucky when he first went around, like he beat me one on one or something I, he's not gonna do that again. And he doesn't get like, oh. yeah. then it's just not luck anymore. Yeah. It's just, he's it's just, good. just good. It's skill. Great guy too. He, uh, again, I didn't really know him that much. Uh, a lot of guys like Ron Greshard just, uh, talked glowingly about him. And, uh, I've got to know him now through alumni stuff.
0: He's a, I mean, the guy's a hall of famer. It's another, yeah. another one yeah. of the shame that he's not in there, you know, yeah, totally. We can go have a little hall of fame show. We should That's well. Yeah, we absolutely should. We should, you know, maybe bang the drum for these guys because they should be in there and they should not be yeah. forgotten about totally. And as they, and I think, as they go on and, and age and they get farther away from the gig it's harder. It's harder to get, harder you know. to get yeah, drum that interest. You know that what we got to, you know, we have him and we had Brian Prop, Bernie Nichols, yeah, and of course cool. yourself. Dolan. Well, I, yeah, yeah. well, I already made two Hall of Fames. So just... Three. Well, you're in the Life Hall of Fame too, so that's obviously that's the and your own Hall. It's so yeah, yeah. four. I do got my own Hall of Fame. Man. That's it. That was a great show, by Dan Absolutely. Dad.
2: All right, grasshoppers, thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.